This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Hi guys, welcome back to Portable Peds, your pediatric board review podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Ryan. And we are here to wrap up our oncology month with our last case, and then we'll go into our review next week. So let's jump right in. A 15-year-old female presents to your office with swelling and pain in the middle of her shin. She originally thought someone kicked her leg in soccer, but it has only gotten worse over the past few weeks. She was brought to the office because she is now having fevers, fatigue, and difficulty catching her breath. On palpation, her leg is tender and swollen, but without bruising or erythema. You elect to get an x-ray of the affected leg and visualize a large area of destructive confluent lesions and elevated periosteum in the tibial diaphysis, consistent with where she is having pain. What is the most likely diagnosis for this child? A. Osteosarcoma B. Ewing sarcoma C. Rhabdomyosarcoma D. Osteochondroma E. Osteomyelitis Take a second, pause it, rewind if you have to listen to the case again, and then we'll come back with the right answer. All right, guys. So the correct answer is actually B, Ewing sarcoma. This question is great for thinking about the differential diagnosis of bone pain in a child, which is a huge spectrum from localized trauma all the way to pretty bad malignancy. So Ryan, A is probably the most likely wrong answer. Do you want to take us through that one first? Sure. So again, thanks, Sammy, for making all these aunt cases this month. First, we have our answer of osteosarcoma. So this is the most common malignant bony tumor in children and adolescents. Most patients are diagnosed with this between the ages of 14 and 19 years old, with slightly higher rates in both male and African-American patients. Most cases occur sporadically, but there are known associations with lee frau syndrome, hereditary retinoblastoma, and Rothman-Thompson syndrome, as well as children who are previously irradiated. It is most likely to occur in the metaphysis of long bones, with distal tumors having a more favorable prognosis, and axial and proximal humerus tumors having a poor prognosis. The most common location is right around the knee, which is your distal femur or proximal tibia, with radiographs showing the classic sunburst pattern. Now for this patient, between the location of the tumor, the description of the x-ray with the destructive lytic lesions, and the presence of systemic symptoms, this is not the most likely diagnosis for this patient. Now Sam, you want to talk about the right answer? Yeah, so the right answer is B, Ewing sarcoma. So this is actually the second most common malignant bone tumor in children and adolescents, with a median age of diagnosis around 15 years. The most common locations of occurrence are in the pelvis, axial skeleton, and femur, but it can occur in the tibia and humerus as well. There is a slightly higher number of cases in males and Caucasians as compared to their counterparts, but there are no cancer predisposition syndromes associated with this. So this bony tumor is typically found in the diaphysis of long bones. X-rays of the affected area may demonstrate destructive, confluent, quote-unquote, moth-eaten lesions, or Codman's triangle, which is due to the elevated periosteum. Another periosteal reaction, sometimes described, is those multi-layered onion skinning appearance. 
This seems consistent with our patient, and Ewing sarcoma is in fact the correct answer. So approximately 20% of patients present with metastatic disease at the time of diagnosis, and one-fifth of these patients have lung involvement, which is pretty consistent with this patient's shortness of breath complaint, as well as her systemic symptoms of fever and fatigue. Do you want to take us to the next couple as well, Ryan? Sure. So the next couple bullet points are a little shorter. So we'll talk about answers C and D. So first, rhabdomyosarcoma. This was an interesting answer choice as it's a soft tissue sarcoma that in a minority of cases, like 24-ish percent, can present in the extremities. When it's in this location, there will be localized swelling with or without overlying erythema. These types of tumors can originate from any skeletal muscle in the body and will present as an enlarging mass with compression effect on surrounding structures. These tumors are much more common in younger children, with a majority of the cases being diagnosed below the age of 6 years old. Given the presentation and age of this patient, this is not the most likely diagnosis. So next we're going to shift gears and talk about osteochondroma. So this may be one of the easiest to rule out given the overall clinical picture of the patient. So osteochondromas are benign tumors that are made up of cartilage and bone. They're similar in location to osteosarcomas, but they're much smaller, typically less than one and a half centimeters in size. The most common locations of these benign tumors are the humerus, femur, and tibia, and even the radius and ulna as well. Now, Sam, you want to wrap up the episode and finish off with osteomyelitis? Absolutely. So I know we're in our onk month and we're not going to go too, too much into infectious etiology, but infection versus malignancy is always on your differential diagnosis in patients who present like this. So this one is a little bit more difficult to clinically discern, um, but it's one that's important to rule out. So when there's swelling, tenderness, and fevers, it would be consistent with this diagnosis, but the time course and respiratory symptoms would not be. Further, once we get the x-ray result of the leg, the description of the affected area is not consistent with that which would be seen with osteomyelitis. On x-ray, osteomyelitis can be described as having a periosteal reaction, but the destructive lesions would not be consistent. The most common areas for this pathological process are still the femur, humerus, and tibia, making further workup in these cases with lab work and imaging very important, as the treatments are clearly different depending on your final diagnosis. So that wraps up our last case of our Unk Month, and next week we're going to fly right into our review episode, just like an EWS fly mutation. But in the meantime, you can rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it, and tell all your friends. And we'll see you next week. Happy studying. Bye. Bye.